The Housewives of Wales. <laughs> it's not the Housewives of Wales. <laughs> House Witches, yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to The Real House Witches of South Wales. The Real House Witches <laughs> of feels, South Wales. <laughs> it feels weird being with you. Oh, I know. Yeah, so basically this is the first time we have recorded this podcast in person together. Um, Actually together, yeah. We've been in a lot of restrictions with COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so it feels weird doing that intro, like, sat next to each other. That's why I first started laughing, because I, could, I couldn't do it. I know, <laughs> yeah. And normally Laura on the Zoom call has a delay yeah. with uh, her... Um, um, audio so I stopped singing so I can catch up with Laura <laughs> <laughs> edit everything. yeah yeah so there we go we did that it's intro so for much the first time. Now, doing it this way it is yeah. yeah it is um and we did that in front of a singer uh, yeah from <laughs> one of my favorite films of all time <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah so we have a very special guest with us right now we grew up watching this film um and they are also very spiritual themselves so it made sense to bring them on really um and so without further ado would you like to introduce yourself special guest yes hi my name is Rivka Reyes thank you guys so much for that spectacular intro <laughs> I love to hear it. I love the the harmonies that kind of just happen. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, like, be honest. What did you think about our vocals? We we obviously have a career in music, don't we? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know, lately there has been this call to like you know not sing perfectly, and I think that perfection yeah. <laughs> is you know perfection is you know a construct. And, and we don't need to be perfect all the time. So mm. I personally am working on my um, acceptance of like, not everybody can sing like I can. And mm -hmm. um, that is, you know, only half a joke. Uh, <laughs> like the other night I went to go see Grease, which is like one of my favorite movies from childhood with a bunch of people. And I was like, initially it was just supposed to be me and one other person. And then they invited more people. And I was just like, oh, great. And of course it was like a drive-in situation. So we were like in one car together, the four of us. And like one person was like singing along with the movie. And I was just like holding back fighting words and holding back restraint because I was just like, you know what? Let them enjoy this. Like they can, they can just let them enjoy this. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but yes, I think acceptance is, is the answer to all my problems these days. Um, yeah. So I am accepting of all voices. <laughs> well, no, great, great. That That's fantastic for us. Yeah, we can accept that. <laughs> yeah, acceptance. Acceptance yeah. is key. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Great. Okay. Well, um, Rivka, thanks so much for you for even being here. I mean, like it means a lot to us mm -hmm. that you're here. Um, and it's fantastic to actually speak to you. Um, now, obviously people listening have probably watched School of Rock. I mean, who hasn't watched School of Rock? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think everyone has. Literally. You can't live your life without watching it. No, like, no, yeah. you can't. <laughs> um, but also when we came across your 
Instagram after years of kind of, you know, you watch School of Rock and then you're kind of a bit like, okay, well, I wonder what happened, Mm. you know, to the people who were in those films and that sort of stuff. And then I remember seeing a viral tweet of yours and then I went on your account and I was like, oh my God, like you are interested in spirituality, um, tarot, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, oh my God, it makes sense to kind of bring you on to talk with us about this. Um, So before we kind of get into the spiritual aspect of things, because that's kind of what this whole thing is about, Would you like to talk about School of Rock with us? <laughs> I mean, I'm an open book, pretty much. So yeah, what I mean, what do you want to talk about? about oh my it? God, like how great it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like for us, we grew up on it. We loved it. We watched it together mm. like a week ago. We <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Um, so what was that like for you? You know, that experience. Wait, are you two siblings? No. no but people think that we are. Yeah. Y'all look like twins. <laughs> For real. Y'all look, y'all, there's like a strong family resemblance there. So maybe in a past life or something. I don't know. Maybe. Not, not yeah. Actually, Quite yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, I think that. Yeah. 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 We get that often. Yeah. 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 Mm, Ooh, interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. How long have you guys known each other? Since we were like 12, 11, 12. Oh so. my God. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And we're mid 20s now. Yeah. So it's been over, well, like, 12 years yeah yeah Yeah. that's Mm. special that's really beautiful um yeah I think those friendships are super strong the ones that we make in those years and you know I was lucky to make 15 very close friends when I was you know 10 years old um and a lot of us were like around that age 10 11 12 uh and it was like a highly formative experience I I really learned what it meant to be um a performer. Uh, I really learned what it was to be a friend because mm. I didn't really have that many friends like outside of my immediate family uh, when I was growing up. And, you know, it was, it was really, it was really dope to work on um, such a, work in such a warm environment. I mean, to have that be my first job makes all other jobs feel like shit, uh, to be honest. Like, you know, I, I, you know, it was my first acting gig and then my next um professional acting gig was like a play and you know it just didn't of course nothing I I guess I was really spoiled uh to have School of Rock be kind of my first experience um but I'm able to kind of bring the grace and the the kindness that I learned how to treat others even the PAs, especially the PAs, right? Because they're mm. paid not enough for mm-hmm. what they do mm. um, to kind of just be like the bitch on set, like who grabs people's coffee and the bitch on set who like has to deal with all these like kids. Um, one of us always had a cold, like, you know, like at you know, any point, like one of us was like a little under the weather. That was kind of just the nature of the gig. Um, and, and PAs would have to like go grab us like medicine from medicine, get, you know, whatever. Anyway, we were always taught, like, treat everyone with kindness, even the intern, even the PA, especially the intern, especially the PA, because you don't know, like, you never know who that PA is going to grow up to be in charge of. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, like, I I think that I am blessed to have had that as my first um, working experience as an actor. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And it's, it's one of those films as well that kind of just doesn't get old, you know, mm-hmm. every time. I remember the first time I watched it and I I left the cinema, I watched it with my cousin and I thought, 
I'm gonna start a band <laughs> I was like what like five or six maybe seven wow. and me and my cousin like went home wrote songs together and we thought we were gonna be like the next big thing sort of thing wow. and every time I watch it I just think like oh god I would have loved to have been in a band <laughs> so it's just one of those films that just an influential yeah yeah, yeah it is great do you, love... uh, do you play an instrument no <laughs> you're just a fab you're just a singer <laughs> just a fabulous singer yeah yeah, yeah. fabulous yeah. singer yeah. um yeah, you can, yeah I feel I, like anyone can be in a band though that's the whole thing. that's the other thing about school of rock it's like that part where Jack Black's character Dewey is like all right those are the assignments and then one kid Cole Hawkins is like do you mean we're not in the band and everyone in the theater goes, oh, because they feel for him. They feel that experience. They've had that experience before of feeling left out. And then Dewey's character is so great because he like makes a position for everyone. He gives, he makes sure that everyone in that classroom has a specific duty. So even if you're like not in the band, doesn't mean you're not in the band. Like I'm literally <laughs> quoting the movie now. I'm like quoting the movie. Um, you know, I, I catch myself sometimes quoting School of Rock and I'm like, where is that from? And then I'll be like, oh wait, it's, it's <laughs> Yeah, 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 I can imagine, yeah. And that, that was the thing about School of Rock as well. It's when you look at kind of where it is now, it's aged so well, you know, hmm. the way they encourage people and the way they dealt with people everyone there felt like they had their own identity and it was just nobody was like a byproduct of that film everyone had their own role to play um I think that's just what makes it special mm. really yeah yeah I think it has age it's funny because I went to go see it a couple nights ago um like a couple weeks ago with my friend and we went to the drive-in it was just us and you know they're they're like a fan of the movie it's not like it's just a person that like I had never seen it or anything like this is a person who like loves this movie because I, mm. I was very I want to be very careful about who I went to see it with because I didn't want to go with somebody who just like talk the whole time because as you can tell I like don't like when people like kind of participate uh, at the movie theater <laughs> even if it is a drive-in um but yeah my friend clay my my dear dear friend we like went to go see it and like we're we're just like watching it and and giggling and like having these moments of like oh like I don't know like the the heart the biggest like heart melt for me like watching the movie was Brian Baldudo who played Billy um who's you know the the gay character like for all intents and purposes his character is gay in the movie <laughs> even before he knew like he didn't know he was gay at the time like you know to be to be honest like none of us did um the three gay ones none of us really knew uh yet but um I don't know just like watching him and delivering those lines with that tone and being all like what's the prize like and being you know super um comfortable in that in the way that he was I was just like wow like I really I really love I love that little person you know and, and watching myself on screen too I was extremely shy and anxious the whole time we were filming y'all like I was just terrified of messing up because my mom put a lot of pressure on me not to you know look in the camera and not to you know um, make too much of a riot and like not to take up too much space um, and then what ended up happening was a lot of my stuff was cut because I was a nervous wreck for it and I would like mess up my lines and that's fine like they were honoring and protecting me by cutting the stuff that I was visibly uncomfortable in but yeah I don't know it's it's funny because like even though I wasn't I didn't say much in the movie my presence was still very much there and for some reason people like 
yourselves and a bunch of other like young queer people have reached out and been like I felt so seen by your character and I'm like great I good what character I wasn't really playing a character I was kind of just being myself kind of just being terrified and and like in this little uniform and being itchy and hot and trying not to take up too much space so thank you appreciate it love that yeah <laughs> That's that's really interesting to hear, isn't it? It's just yeah. that that is interesting, and um, yeah. it's like like I said when I reached out to you is, um, and I'm not just saying it just because it's you and you're here sort of thing, but when I watched School of Rock, you were the person I was drawn to. Whenever I watched it, I was always looking at you and thinking, I want to be like that. There was something about you that I was just like, yes. That's I what all the witches say. That's all the gay witches say. <laughs> <laughs> that might be what it was. There was a part of me that kind of knew in some way that there was like a bit of a thing there that I just liked what I saw um, and then when you when you spoke about you know Billy and things you know being gay watching the film having somebody like that was probably thinking about in there my first like representation that I saw on the screen mm-hmm. um and to watch that in the cinema and people so he was like, your Matilda possibly yeah yeah you know and it's yeah. just he wasn't the butt of the joke he was just himself exactly and it's the same thing with um like with robert's character lawrence who who you know he that's his actual accent like and and my friend clay uh who's korean like we went when we went to see it like they were like is that his real accent or they make him put that on i was just like no that's that's how he talks like you know and people you know um yeah i i just like that he wasn't like the butt of some asian joke and that tamika wasn't the butt of a you know um like a plus size joke or anything like that in fact there's a whole scene that's dedicated to celebrating her size and and you know that moment of like you know people worship me because I'm chubby and I'm sexy and I don't go on a diet because I like to eat so what like (laughs) that that was revolutionary for 2003 because we then saw an influx of movies like Zoolander like old school that like put women out there in a way and then like right after School of Rock all of the Disney like hotties came out like we had like the Jonas Brothers and Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez and all of them like kind of coming into this like thing and and a lot of people have said like you know that School of Rock was kind of like one of the only like films of that era to show people for like who they really were like yeah. the right the team the, the team behind School of Rock really was like adamant and just like asking us like to be ourselves and and inviting us to be ourselves like you know I'll never forget Alicia um, Allen who played Alicia in the movie um you know at our table read telling Mike White like hey my character's name is Sharon and I don't like that like can I just be Alicia and him just being like yes love that (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> it's a really special film definitely such yeah. a special film um, it was a special process too I can imagine yeah mm-hmm. I just yeah yeah I can just imagine definitely blessed definitely blessed for that yeah okay so thanks for entertaining us with that sort of talk mm-hmm. we are yeah that was we great. found out a lot we did yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so um let's talk about spirituality so what is your kind of story with spirituality where did you start if you can even remember where you started Well, um, my mom is Filipino and she's Roman Catholic. That's like how she was raised. That's how she still is. My dad's Jewish. Um, My dad is not like a practicing like Orthodox or Hasidic Jew in any way. Like he's Jewish and that he has like, you know, IBS and like uh, just like, you know, 
has a lot of, um, it just oozes out of his pores that he's Jewish. Um, and I was raised, like I went to church and like had kind of an understanding of a God that was going to get me. That was like the whole thing was like, oh, like don't, you know, don't lie to us or God's going to get you and send you to hell. Uh, you know, don't, don't, you know, uh, you got to do your homework or God's going to get you. My mom also used karma and destiny a lot, like as kind of weapons. Um, and I knew, I think from the age of probably, if I can put a, an age on it, probably like five years old, that that wasn't right. That like there, I, I kind of had this like download early on that, like there was a force outside of myself but that force outside of myself isn't going to smite me if I tell a lie. So I kind of took that and ran with it and became a bit of like a pathological liar. And for like years, I would get away with like the stupidest lies. I would tell people like the dumbest shit and like get away with it. And, you know, after a while that grew into a chemical addiction, like I was an alcoholic, I was a drug addict. Um, I became like a bit of a love addict and a sex addict and like a food addict and the anorexic and <laughs> just like any addiction, like I probably have it. Like I've never gambled, but I, if I did, I would probably be addicted to it. Right. Um, and then I hit kind of a wall I, I, or a rock bottom as some people like call it. Um, and I knew that like something had to change and I just, um, got sober in December of 2017 from alcohol. I haven't had a drink since then. And, you know, ever since then that day, like December 10th of 2017, it's just been this like path towards more and more understanding of like what the universe has for me and what I have to offer to all of like the creatures of the creator, the divine creator or whatever. Um, you know, and I, I have many, many different deities that work for me, many understandings of like God. Um, I have many acronyms for that word for people who have religious trauma, like, you know, gift of desperation being one of them or uh, good orderly direction or grace over destruction, you know, things like that, uh, that, that helped me. And then my favorite being grow or die. Um, because if I'm not growing, I'm dying, right. It's like a plant. Um, and, and that's like really my understanding, but I've always, in addition to the understanding that like God, if there is a God and I'm agnostic and like, definitely I lean towards Judaism. Like, you know, if I, if I had to pick like <laughs> an organized religion, it would be like probably Jewish mysticism. Um, I think being Jewish is rad. Like we have a prayer for when we see a rainbow, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's very, Jews are very witchy. We're like addicted to the moon. Um, but yeah, I've always been into um, Greek gods and mythology. I've always been into astrology and I've always been able to connect with um, those who are no longer here. Okay. Uh, when I was uh, working on School of Rock, we bought a Ouija board and Miranda Cosgrove and I, Miranda Cosgrove and I would play Ouija board in her hotel room um, and like turn off all the lights, like a glow in the dark Ouija board. We like turn off all the lights and like ask it questions about our future and stuff. And like, uh, I remember one time we asked it how, um, who, who the like most famous person that uh, she would... <laughs> <laughs> so Miranda goes, who's the most famous person that I'm going to work with? 
and the board said Nicolas Cage. Um, she hasn't, I don't know if she's worked with Nicolas Cage and I'll have to check on IMDb, but I think it was really funny that Nicolas Cage was the answer to that question. Um, <laughs> but then we ended up bringing the Ouija board to set and Kevin, um, who played Freddie Jones, uh, the late great Kevin Clark, um, we, we um, contacted a, a person who had uh, died on the property of wow. where we were filming School of oh. Rock, which was some studio, Silver Cup Studios in Queens, like in New York. And uh, we had contacted this like dead kid and we were both like, whoa, like this is crazy. And his name was Ben and he was young and he was like, you know, 12 and his dad murdered him or something. And I was just like, this is real. Like, and and the other kids were kind of like skeptic. And I remember like they would use the board to be like, who does Joey like? Oh my God. Like, you know, but me and Kevin were just like, no, let's find a fucking soul to like contact, you know? and and I had always really been into witchcraft, um, you know, and and stuff like that. And you know, my mom is is um, she's she makes jewelry, and she is all about crystals. Like she she knows a lot about crystals. But in the Bible, there's a verse about not using divination and stuff. So she's kind of like wishy washy about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I actually don't give a fuck what anyone really thinks about my like choice as far as like you know my practice and my my spirituality like I read tarot I read the Akashic records and I can through the Akashic records and also just kind of in general um I can contact people on the other side and that's like just something that has been for my entire life um my mom and dad like have specific memories of me like talking to people that weren't there um when I was like three um you know memories of me wandering get I would wander I was like a wandering child and I would like get lost and like what would end up happening was my parents would find me and I was talking to somebody and they would be like who are you talking to and I'd be like my friend Ashley and they'd be like we don't what like oh it's probably just an imaginary friend but it wasn't like Ashley was there like (laughs) and that's just an arbitrary name um but yeah we used to like spend our summers in Wyoming and stuff and there was on on indigenous land like stolen land and I would always see horses I would always see um like indigenous people indigenous chiefs like in the you know in the library of my my um uncle's property that we would stay on and I was just like why is he mad at me and my dad would be like who and I'm like that Indian chief is mad at me my dad would be like oh, stop. You're probably just, you're, you're making that up. That's probably just like a dream that you're having. But it was like, no, like I was actually seeing these things. And now I know exactly what I know about myself is that I've always been touched. I've always been in touch, like with this part of myself. It's just that, um, the drinking and the, the using drugs and the sex and the acting out and the food stuff and the money stuff, like was all a way for me to kind of, um, quiet the voices and the the feelings and the perceptions and the intuition right Mm. and then getting sober like strengthened everything and opened all of these portals for me to be able to communicate with those um energies again and now i wouldn't i wouldn't trade it for the world like i would not compromise sobriety for anything because i love having these powers i'm not afraid of them i'm not ashamed of them i'm not letting anyone gaslight me about them. Like, it's pretty dope. Anyway, that's my monologue. Uh, 
That's so yeah. interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I love the Ouija board hotel room story. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And I was, um, I was going to ask you. Kind of covered it, but um, I was going to say, like, you know, when you were a kid and you were kind of seeing those people and you were speaking to those people, you know, how did you deal with that? You know, did that were you scared at the time, or did when you grew up is that when things started to kind of freak you out a little bit? No, you know, when, when, when I was little seeing those, you know, feeling those presences and being like, it, it, it my ears ring a lot. Like if I'm ever, um, yeah, my, my family too, my, my parents, they live right by a graveyard and anytime I'm in a cemetery, my ears are ringing, right. I'm feeling those people that are still there, like, or their souls that are still there, obviously like they, they've thrown away their body. Right. But they're still there. Um, ever since Kevin passed away, like, you know, my, my dear, my dear Kevin, like he's here, like he's all over, you know, um, I'll hear a bird that's kind of, um, you know, those birds that click instead of singing, like that's mm -hmm. Kevin, like that's the metronome, right? He was my drummer. He was my glue, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and like he's around. Um, and you know, it's funny. Cause like I, the night that he passed away, I lit a candle and, um, I carved his name onto it and you know, I lit this candle and the flames started just flickering wildly, like it was on beat to something. And I was just like, yeah, like, damn, like, wow, you know? Mm. Um, so, but compared to like back then, like I definitely, um, I would definitely like see my dead, like aunt Jan, like my mom's, my mom's uh, favorite cousin passed away from lupus when I was like probably eight or nine. And I would feel her presence like in our house and stuff sometimes. And you know, my mom would be crying and I, I just kind of like, you know, I would, I would know that she was there, Jan was there. And mm. so I'd like, just go and like hold my mom's hand or something and just be like, Hey, it's okay. Mm. And then she would start crying. Like, you know, and I've, I've always used these powers that I've had like to heal. Mm. That's always been at the forefront of my, my service, my, you know, my Akashic records, my tarot, my performing, my writing, my podcast, whatever it is, like I'm healing in mm. some way. I'm offering comfort to people. Um, that is like always what I want to be doing. Um, that is always School of Rock is so many people's comfort movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so comfort is at the forefront and I'm realizing this in the moment as I'm kind of processing it with you guys. Um, you know, um, this is what happens when you come directly from therapy to doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah 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 no good and, it, and and that's the good thing about spirituality it's it's being able to find that sort of that comfort and it offers you the answers and the clarity that you know there's something there and of course mm. you know we were sorry and we were sad to hear your loss mm. and we were we mm. were when we found that out we were just well we were sad you know yeah. because obviously yeah. we grew up on that but of yeah. course for you for somebody who was friends with him and knew him you know it's even harder and so I'm glad that you you know he's still around I'm glad yeah. that that's still there and I mean I think I think I saw a tweet of yours that said you heard drums coming from your apartment block or something all the time yeah I hear drums all the time even like yeah there's I have an next-door neighbor who's a drummer and like anytime I'm having like a meltdown like I, I swear to God, like somebody starts drumming mm. and it's wild, even mm. though I know it's coming from next door, even though I know that it's a person that is here, like, I don't know, it might actually not be, who knows, wow. yeah. <laughs> but it is highly comforting, like, you know, and I can always, you know, feel 
um, Kevin was highly creative. I mean, he wrote the ending of School Rock. Like, not a lot of people know that he was the reason why the band gets an encore in the end. Um, because uh. originally the ending was just that we lost. Uh. <laughs> and then it cuts to, like, you know, Jack uh, Dewey teaching us, like, in the apartment and everything. But there was, like, some kind of the director and the writer were like, we, we need something there. I don't know what it is. And Kevin was like, what if we get an encore? And then we ended up doing that, like, you know, so the other day I was writing something and I was just like kind of stuck and I had writer's block and I kind of was just like, Kevin, like, help me write this, help me write this fucking thing. And he did like, and I got a great ending out of it. <laughs> I was like specifically having trouble, like making this ending pop of this um, pilot that I was writing for. And, and he stepped in and he fucking helped. Like it's, it's, it's wild how, how receptive I have become. Um, and I really had to do a lot of like clearing out, like um, emotionally, just like getting getting all of these um, kind of stinking thinking like thoughts onto paper, and you know, getting them out of my head. Resentments towards people in the industry, resentments towards myself, resentments towards family members, and you know, friends who had betrayed me, or people who like stopped hanging out with me after I got sober because like being sober is like boring to them, like whatever. I had to get rid of all that to be able to um, channel, uh, you know, messages for my clients and stuff like that. Um, I had to kind of start from an empty room uh, mm -hmm. internally. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful that I can always kind of go back to that space because it is what it feels like when I'm, I can't describe it like really well, but when I'm one-on-one -on -one with a person, um, I definitely feel like I'm in an empty room with them and there's just the channel between us mm. even if we're at a cafe and there's people around us right I do feel very connected one-on-one -on -one. just because I think there's such a beautiful powerful thing in, in two people connecting let's talk about kind of the services you offer so the records and the tarot you know how did you get into that what do you do with that you know when I was before I got sober I was working at this brewery in Chicago called Revolution and um, one of my coworkers there Michelle she was uh, really really into tarot and she was like, um, I don't know, sometimes we would like have these conversations without talking at work. Um, we'd be like next to each other at the register, like, you know, we we're both waitresses, like, and just kind of just sitting there having a conversation without talking. And then there was one night where she brought her cards to work and she read for me. And I was just like mind blown. I was just like, how was that so spot on? And like, I want to do this. So I became really invested in tarot. Um, I got a deck of uh, tarot cards as a gift. It was like the standard like Rider Waite deck. Um, and I kind of just learned the cards. I, I practiced um, on myself for about three years and, um, you know, started during the pandemic actually um, pulling cards for other people. Like I have a lot of friends who are sober who will sometimes like, you know, in my kind of circle of recovered, but recovering folks, like we all believe in a power greater than ourselves, or we're all on some journey to understand uh, God of our understanding, right? Um, and sometimes people will just out of the blue, like, hey, like, I know you are into tarot, like, will you pull a card for me? And I started doing that, just like single card readings for people. And then there was a day where I was like, TikTok live, and they were like, hey, I know you're into tarot, will you pull some cards? And I was just like, yeah actually, if you pay me $11 and 11 cents, 
mm-hmm. I'll pull three cards for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then it became this like business. And so I would go live. I would do tarot live streams, charging just 11, 11 for three card readings. And I would make like 200, $300 in a night. And I'm like, okay, yeah, hell yeah. And then I became uh, initiated into the records via a mentor of mine. Um, I, I found them through this, this woman named Michelle uh, Pelazon. She's, uh, she's the head witch in charge at Holisticism, which is um, my kind of community coven of um, intuitive entrepreneurs. And I was initiated into the Akashic Records like by her. She was just, she, she sent an email that was like, you know, psychic superpowers could be yours. And I was just like, Ooh, this sounds cool. So I did a deep dive. I started reading the records for myself and then practicing again, same thing, like practice on myself first, got kind of a feeling for it. And then I started offering free readings to my friends and saying, Hey, like I'm practicing this so that I can get certified and like start a business. Like, you know, would I be able to open your records for you and read you? And then like, I started trading, like I would do trades with tarot readers or Reiki practitioners or human design readers and stuff or astrology readers. And now I make most of my income uh, through opening the Akashic records and reading for others. I had a session this morning. That was great. Um, I can't explain it other than it feels like I'm I'm on like a mushroom trip when I'm like in somebody else's like Akashic records and it's like very cool because I don't need to actually do mushrooms to get there um and it's beautiful it's just a channel it's like a, a divine like channel of information and a lot of information is kind of flowing in and I just relay what I hear to my my you know trusted clients and you know tell them what their spirit guides are telling them and it's it's really beautiful and sometimes it's really emotionally heavy um but yeah, those are the services I offer. I, I offer like a, um, just like a, an hour long Akashic record session that kind of is like an intro. And then I also offer a coaching uh, session, which is two hours. And it's like the first hour is Akashic records. The second hour is coaching, um, which is really cool. And that's called soul surgery. Um, it's a really cool offering. Um, and for people who like join my Patreon, um, you know, I do tarot readings, um, at, you know, the collective level. So, and then I still do my tarot TikTok lives, uh, once a month. Lovely. That's great. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Is that something you would do? TikTok, TikTok live, do you think? Possibly. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Yeah. yeah. It's on, it's on the list. Is it really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, really interesting. That That's fascinating. It's fascinating how you got into it and how you got mm. initiated, you know, and that sort of stuff. And then, um, you know, you mentioned astrology as well, and we found out that you guys... We have the same birthday, 18th of August. Oh, my God! Yeah. Uh, what's, your, what's your rising and moon? So I'm a Scorpio rising and Taurus moon. Wow. And I'm a Libra rising and an Aries moon. Oh, wow. okay. Jack, what about... And we're both... And obviously, we're both Leos. Wait, Jack, yeah. what are you? Uh, so I'm Aquarius Sun, Aquarius Rising, and a Leo Moon. So I relate to Leo Energy too. Yeah, it's different Leo. Yeah, there's Leo yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and also Aquarius is the opposite on the chart of Leo. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. I, I always get along. I get along really well with Aquariuses um, and other Leos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like to be honest, like Leos do get along with everyone because we're like 
we have that pride that kind of makes us people pleasers and like makes us want to get along with everything. And then I have that double because I have the Libra rising, which is like, everything has to be balanced. Everything has to be good. Everything has to be fair. Everyone has to play nice. And, and then the Aries moon kind of just fucks shit up in the background. It's just like every once in a while, I'll have little angry spurts. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Hercules, like the Disney Hercules movie, but um, Hades, like when he gets angry, it's just like two seconds and his hair just sets on fire and then he's like back to normal. That's me. That's me <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Aries are very uh, fiery. My mom's, <laughs> my mom's an Aries and I'm an Aries and I'm like, oh God, like stay away from her when she's angry. <laughs> my mom and then my sisters who are twins are all Geminis. Wow. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> lots of Gemini energy yeah Yeah, it's fun (laughs) yeah yeah definitely (laughs) yeah no but you're definitely right a Leo Leo and Aquarius that sort of you know my boyfriend is a Leo Mm. Laura's a Leo just work really well with a Leo like I love Leo's a great yeah 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 definitely definitely um great okay well I think that kind of wraps up where we're at kind of now I mean I could talk to you all day there's yeah technically yeah yeah. (laughs) there is lows we could say and I want to know everything about you I want to know all of your witchy stuff I guess I'll have to listen to your podcast to find out more about your process and you know your offerings and stuff yeah cool to, to, to do a tradesies yeah no definitely definitely yeah. you know we're we're always kind of available if you mm-hmm. want to ask questions or you know speak you know yeah definitely okay. and for anyone who listens to this podcast I'll just make a code housewives uh for 10% off my my services like 10% off if you use the code housewives at checkout for <laughs> my soul <laughs> surgery your soul incisions um for yeah. sure Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, no, thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. That We'd uh, appreciate yeah, that, definitely. Um, okay, so you've heard that. You've heard what the code is going to be, listeners. So do you want to kind of tell everyone where they can find you, what you do, you know, where they can book with you, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, I would love to. My website is rivkoreas.com. My social media handles are at rivka.reyes on Instagram and uh, TikTok. And then on Twitter, it's just at rivkoreas, no dot. Um, I recently got verified on Twitter, which felt very uh, validating and good. <laughs> Leo energy. <laughs> very Leo energy. Yeah, I was like definitely bitching about it to my therapist. I'm like, why am I not verified yet? And then like I forgot about that like resentment that I had for a couple of days and then it just happened. So <laughs> nice. well done. Congrats. <laughs> there it is. Um, and then, yeah, I have a Patreon. Um, you know, if you join the Patreon at the uh, Sugar Buddies level, you do get a... Um, two hour long uh, Akashic Records coaching session with me, which is worth $555 in American dollars. Um, So definitely worth it, I think. Mm -hmm. You also get, you know, a nice little shout out on all my social meds and as a, you know, uh, kind of a consulting producer on my podcast. Um, I do have a podcast. Uh, It is called Where Are We Now? Um, where I get to connect and chat and kiki with um, fellow former child stars and folks that are kind of around child stardom. Um, And that is available wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a very fun show. Um, I, you know, chat with a lot of my fellow School of Rockians. And uh, what else? Uh, A movie that I just was in just came out. It's called Monuments. um, And you can check out 
uh, my social media to find out where to watch it. Fantastic. Mm, Great. Yeah, yeah, we (laughs) will. Yeah. And for the listeners, make sure you go listen to that podcast, but Mm -hmm. first listen to this one all the way through. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, But yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, Um, thank you. Really interesting. Yeah, Yeah. so interesting. Yeah, on many levels. Yeah, I just sat there like engaged the whole way <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> yeah well you know my my name literally translates to captivating so <laughs> that yeah. is what it means so I try to be as captivating as possible um but thank you so much for having me y'all of course yeah it. yeah of course well thanks everybody for listening thank you for being on this podcast we loved it thank you very much you're welcome back anytime mm-hmm. um especially to talk more in depth about things yeah. <laughs> oh my god I want to talk shit like I want to do an episode where we just talk shit yeah yeah don't be surprised if you hear from us again one day <laughs> yes um yeah great so thanks everyone for listening the all of the links where you can find Rivka are in the bio so click on them after you've listened to this and mm-hmm. go for it book a reading get in touch just follow them that's mm-hmm. the best thing to do so thank you very much for listening uh we will see you next week um And until then, bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.